Rush into Old Navy today for up to 50% off store-wide. Get dresses from $15 for women, $12 for girls, plus up to 75% off clearance for the whole family right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1016 to 1020, select styles only. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a December 16th edition of the Locked On Trailblazers podcast. I'm your host for the evening, Dan Carbaugh of NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. My co-host, Eric Gunderson, is not here with me tonight, but I do have a special guest. It is James Hollis from Press Basketball, B-Ball Breakdown, and infrequent contributor to our own side, Blazers Edge. What's going on, man? How are you? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, Good to have you on and have some some fresh blood over at Blazers Edge. Even though the Blazers are not very good this season, obviously they had a tough go of it tonight against the Denver Nuggets. The Trailblazers, although they beat Oklahoma City on national TV um, on Tuesday, Thursday they dropped their game 132-120, did not defend the three-point line well at all. Of course, uh, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum combined for 63 points. But what happened to the end of the team? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, not a lot of contribution from Noah Vonley and Mo Harkless, unfortunately. Nobody on the Trailblazers bench scored more than nine points. In stark contrast, the Denver Nuggets, who were on fire from the three-point line and had three bench contributors in double digits. James, how are you feeling after that Blazers loss? Um, I just I scratched my head because as good as they looked against OKC, they looked, they looked bad today. And I just don't – It's the team's like Jekyll and Hyde. You know, even in the same game, sometimes they'll do that. They'll 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 look great for a couple quarters, and then it just it just disappears a short circuit. So, it's it it just it exasper it exacerbates uh, the the issues with Dame and and CJ as far as defensively. The fact that the big men aren't defending, you know, it just makes it that much harder. So, um, I just don't know what to do to make about this team. I, I was kind of down on them in the preseason, and then they they made me you know I felt kind of foolish for a minute. But now they're, you know, I just don't, I don't know how they turn this around. Yeah, well, if you were one of the ones that was uh, down on them in the preseason, maybe you had a little bit of a premonition about what was going to happen this season. Uh, you're, you're right. I think, obviously, we take a look at that game against OKC. They really, they really game plan for that game. You saw them take a very specific attack. Russell Westbrook, who, for as much as how, how deadly he is, I'm, I'm do actually doing a breakdown next week for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk, uh, a video breakdown on him and his triple doubles. So I spent a lot of time this week looking at tape of him. And as, as deadly as he's been, you know, he really is a been a stop and go guy, save for that pull up jumper right around 10 to 14 feet. Mm hmm. And so the Blazers really, you know, defensively with their big men, they decided to run to the basket with him. They decided not to try to stay square on him and stop him up high. They said, no, 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 we want you to keep going. And, and when he saw that space, he was like, ooh, space. And he right. kept running to the rim. And that's how they got him to, you know, miss miss some shots at the rim. And that's, the Warriors did the same thing against him. They really game planned for OKC. This time out, it felt like you know, that, that Denver trip, we even saw, we saw CJ actually tweet about this. But CJ tweeted about how, that you know, hopping over to Denver in the middle of this little stretch here is, is a really hard thing to do. The atmosphere is hard to uh, get used to, or the altitude, excuse me. And, um, yeah, they struggled tonight for sure. And it, it wasn't kind of the same thing. If you're talking about Jekyll and Hyde, it's like, look, they can be good if they game plan, if they know what they're going to do. Right. But they're not good enough 
talent-wise or discipline-wise on a night-to-night basis without lots of preparation from their coaching staff to be able to handle a team, even like Denver, who's not very good. Well, and we got to understand that game playing against OKC is pretty easy because it's everything starts and stops with, with Russell Westbrook, <laughs> right? Sure. So, yeah, if they, you know, they cut off the head of that snake or even let that let the head, head of that snake bite, you know, 50 times, it doesn't matter because the rest of the snakes ain't going to do anything. But Denver is deep, um, and I, I think a problem, the frustration with Denver all season has been that they're so talented and so deep, but they've been so bad. And Gary Harris come back tonight, gave him another weapon, and and Portland just couldn't couldn't handle the versatility. I'm looking at, I mean, Denver had what five, six, seven, eight guys scoring double figures, you know. And this this not just like a couple guys eleven. We had a guy with 15, 15, 27, 17. So yeah, once you got uh, Portland moving around on the perimeter, the, the 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 defensive discipline just breaks down, and 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 the the floodgates open up. Right. And and a hard thing for Portland to see this year, I think, is really their three-point defense. That that was really apparent in this game against the Nuggets. Uh, uh, Denver shot 15 of 31 from the three-point line. They had a true shooting percentage of 66.4%. Kind of ridiculous. You know, Terry Stotts, when he came in at the very, very, very beginning, talked about uh, running this uh, very specific, you know, ice pick and roll defense where absolutely stopped the three-pointer because he knows how, how uh, valuable that is on the offensive side of the ball. That's obviously where the Blazers' offense is centered around. Mm-hmm. And they did it for years, and, and even with some personnel that wasn't that good at it, they were okay defending that, and that made them a, a mediocre to not tragically bad defensive team. Right. This season, they're not able to do it. They're not able. They're not getting over those picks at all. Yeah, and I, I guess a big part of it is they 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 miss they miss Lopez, they miss Robin Lopez, because uh, Mason Plumlee, as talented as he is offensively, and how much he can, you know, as good as a passer he is, for his size, he's a terrible rim protector. He just he he just doesn't seem to 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 take the right angles to the rim, um. So yeah, I I don't know what I don't know what Stotts can do because yeah, there's there's such a weird hodgepodge of talent where different guys if you can combine like say Ed Davis and 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 Mason Plumlee you got a good center but you can't do right that, you know right. so, so yeah. yeah the the Portland really struggles I think because. Like tonight is a weird night. I'm just looking at the stats. They dominated the paint scoring. They won the rebounding uh, war, which they never do. But they let them shoot a bunch of threes. And like you said, they had uh, what eight guys in double figures. You're right. And most of the guys who contributed off the bench for the Nuggets, say for two dudes who played, scored in double figures. It's absolutely unacceptable. Meanwhile, you're not getting much out of the guys who came off the bench for the Trailblazers. If and and like uh, you, we brought it up on this podcast before between me and Gunderson, but. Ed Davis, I don't know, you know, we don't know what's going on with him, but his advanced numbers are down enough to where it hurts the Blazers. He's not mm. rebounding the ball well enough. He's not he's not offensive rebounding the ball like he did last season and he's not finishing around the rim, which means he's not cleaning up that, you know, that gook, that gunch, that that stuff that comes out during the the second unit, especially right. be especially helpful for the second unit which can't seem to score. So yeah, you know, that's a that's a real hard base to not to have, especially when you have your your the bigs that you you do play all the time aren't very good at protecting the rim, aren't very good at doing the things that Davis is supposed to make up for. So they're they're really in a hole. I just and I've been asking this question, and I don't think I mean you really talked about it, but I have no problem with all the moves they made. Evan Turner is the one that just like the it's it's a finger in my eye. It's the it's the the turd in the punch bowl to me because. Yeah. He played great against uh, OKC, and then look at him tonight, and he was he was a wreck. And uh, yeah, he's just so he just doesn't he doesn't bring enough of what they need, or he's not good enough to make up for his de- his deficiencies, which is lack of range. And uh, you know, if he's not scoring mid range, he's useless. 
for the money he's paying and the minutes he's getting, it 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 just it kills that team, man. Yeah, it's, you know, against the OKC, we did see a lot of, or maybe in the last three or four games, we've seen mm-hmm. him do the things that make sense for him to do, which is essentially when he's running that point in the second unit, is post up whoever the shooting guard or point guard is if they're guarding him, which is fine. That's weird for how the Blazers' offense typically works. That's not really how it works. And you can see there's a lot of strangeness from players. It's like, okay, well, uh, if I'm not running in Terry Stotts' flow, like, how do I cut? It's like, man, y'all forgot to how to cut? Like, you know, there, there's a couple possessions where I saw him take the ball, have him move on the far side, and then dudes on the on the weak side of the arc are just standing. And it's like, it's very interesting how they're falling out of that. But we saw it be successful in terms of his, you know, sort of working that mid post, that mid post post up game against OKC or some other teams in the last couple of games. But you know, against the Nuggets, no success at all. Absolutely no success at all. And and it it is it is the the odd the odd thing because I I've been on that train for. Not necessarily for O'Shea, but with O'Shea, because he's taken this team to heights, I think, after a period where I had really a lot of really you know tough roster issues. Where, look, he, he has kind of not gone wrong. I mean, he got Robin Lopez for Jeff Withy and, uh, you know, traded a um, crash for, for the pick that ended up being Damian Lillard. Picked which CJ is, McCollum. Which and, is insane. It's which insane. is crazy, yeah. right? Like, um, he's done all these great things, so it's kind of hard to say, oh, I'm now you have one bad move and I'm you know, dropping you. So you got to stick with him a little bit and hopefully over the course of the season, or maybe it's a two season play. I don't know, but I think you're right at this point in time. It just doesn't, the offensive style doesn't match and Evan Turner still doesn't seem to quite grasp some of it. And, but a lot of that I think is just style. Style just doesn't fit into the offense. That's it. Cause he, he is who he's been since he's been in the league. You know, he's, he's going to, he's going to, Pound the life out of the ball when he gets it. He's gonna, you know, try to get that mid post post area and use his size a little bit. But you know, playing against a long team like Denver, you know, who, he's not posting up Wilson Chandler. He's not. He's not shooting over the top of these guys. So it's, I don't know, man. I just I saw them re-signing all their own guys and looking for internal improvement. And I and CJ's been amazing. CJ's outplayed my my expectations of him by far. Um, I like I like Alan Crab. The idea of Alan Crab uh, more than what he's actually shown us. But it's just, I, I was just worried. I was like, you know, that's, they're in for a long haul with these guys, and I don't know if these are the right pieces to take them to that next level. Yeah, I've kind of been in the opinion that I think Alan Crabb has been a real disappointment here for you know us on this podcast, and especially in terms of his defensive play. But his his um, I I feel like there's there's no evidence to support this. But the traditional thinking in the NBA is. Uh, you know, match your match your RFAs, right? Mm-hmm. So I I feel that he was either picked to to picked up at a some people are going to say it's reasonable for what he's playing like this season, but I think that contract is reasonable enough for a starting shooting shooting guard, right? If and he was trending towards that, right? So if he does end up being that, you can either keep him or you have a tradable piece after the next season or even after the fifteenth of January. But I I feel like. Th- Neil O'Shea got him and said, I have a flexible, movable piece. And the thing that's really stuck him with that is that Evan Turner hasn't played well. And mm-hmm. since Crab hasn't played well, you can't trade either of them now because of their contracts. So yeah. it looks ridiculous. So now that flexibility became, you know, uber stiff almost. So uh, I, I don't know that there's a, a good answer this season, but that might be a good way to, to sort of segment out of this disaster of a game in Denver and talk to you a little bit about. There's been a lot of trade ideas floated around. Uh, Andrew Bogut was one last um, last week, I think. Yeah, uh, Boogie basically one. every single month for the end of time. Um, 
And then uh, obviously Nerland's Noel was suggested by Andrew Sharp over at Sports Illustrated. Do you like any of those guys or is there anybody else you think might be gettable? Like Gunderson likes Costa Kufos uh, for this Blazers team. I'm going to speak and say uh, no on the Bogut because he's a... He's a he's a because he's yeah because he's he's Andrew Bogut exactly yeah I hope I'll get in trouble I I yeah I I wouldn't want to race this on your team um uh Noel seems to be the one that but he's gonna want so much money I don't know I guess if you move the contracts to make it work uh, I know he's looking to get paid next summer too um how about how about Tyson Chandler would you want to move for Tyson Chandler uh, you know the uh, a reader on Blazers Edge and a uh, he's also on Twitter. He asked me about that. We had a conversation, and I I like that i that idea in general. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like that contract is so big. I don't know how you move it on to the Blazers. Yeah, like and, unless you're like unless you're trading Chandler for Evan Turner. I, I don't know. I don't know why the Suns would take Evan Turner, but yeah, I wouldn't trade wouldn't. Crab for Tyson Chandler. Not at, not at his age. You know, like you would have the Suns would have to send something back. Right. It would it would be them offloading his salary essentially towards the Trailblazers, so, not the other way around. Boogie would be the ideal one. I don't know how you'd package that deal, but I mean, so I, I I don't know if you're like me. I have a lot of reservations about Boogie. He's been there now for what six seven years. Sometimes a player he didn't start off that way, but he might be to that point now where I, I'm not saying he's ruined, but he's definitely been altered by where he's been and the situation he's been in. Um, we have questions about his personality. He's a, he seems a lot better this year, but he's he's a fiery he's a fiery guy who can hold a grudge, and we know sometimes that can kind of boil over with him. But he's so talented. I mean, imagine Dame and Boogie. Um, here's a question: Would you give up CJ for Boogie? No, I wouldn't. Well, okay. So the caveat to that is that I wouldn't make the Boogie trade specifically for CJ because I don't. Well, that team may be better, especially given how the Blazers have played this season. Mm. I don't know that that team is ready to launch to the next level after that, right? Like, what you need a team that has a CJ, a Damian, and a Boogie on it. So you then mm. would then need to manufacture your third player out of that. Mm. Like Damian CJ doesn't cut it for me. Not with the rest of the guys that are on the roster. I, I mean, understand that. It, maybe if we have, I mean, Harkless, who's played really good this season. But so let's say it's next season, and there's another level of Harkless after that, then that's like, okay, maybe you can like then put, and you have a menu still and you're putting these pieces around it. Maybe, 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 but even still, I don't know. I, I don't think that that, that team is good enough to sacrifice CJ. Who's a player that, you know, Neil O'Shea, like he's his, his baby, you know, he, he loves that dude. Um, you know, great character fit him and D- Damien are real best friends, you know, who hang out every single day, obviously. And uh, I don't know that you sacrifice that and really sacrifice, you know, Boogie, if you're a guy who, who just needs like a breath of fresh air. He needs to change like, scenery. Uh, yeah, he needs to change the scenery. Which you, which you do, but I don't think O'Shea is the kind of guy who'd give him that. Not at that cost. So you get Boogie some of the way. I have a question for you, and this is, well, one thing I want to say, one comment in the question. One, I really thought you looked like Robin Lopez all these years because that was your, your picture on Twitter. I, I'm shocked at what you look like. I said, that guy looks a lot like Robin Lopez. Um, second, so I, I don't know if this is a thing. Maybe I'm not, I don't have my finger on the pulse of the Portland fan and the Portland uh, like media, you know, the blogger sphere. Someone's telling me that they need to break CJ and Dame up and both would be better with their own teams. And this person was saying they'd rather see them move Dame because they think CJ would be the better main option. I've my thing. I is, don't know. So my thing is like you just kind of said, it's so hard to get two guys of such caliber on the same team. You don't just move one just to move one. And yes, they might not be good enough to be next level. The fact is, I mean, it's hard to get two guys of that caliber, so you, you're going to move and move with something big. And I love Dame. 
to me, a day I, I I love Dame. He's one of my favorite players. I think he's a rock solid franchise player. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, you know what I love? I love the NBA, and I think you guys do too out there. If you're ready to get into the action, I want you guys to check out BetDSI.com. They're our sponsor over here at Lockdown Blazers. They've been uh, around for over 20 years in the business. It is a top-rated wager site. It's safe. It's where we here at Lockdown Blazers like to play. When we do, BetDSI.com. They have a great NBA special going on right now. You can sign up today and get a free $10 just to try their service out. They have fast and easy payment of winnings. They're in-game winner wagering on football, basketball, and other major sporting events. You can play virtually anything your heart desires over at BetDSI.com. That's BetDSI.com. Go there now and use the promotion code BLAZERS10. BLAZERS10 and get your free wager to start winning today. Well, in terms of losing CJ, I don't know. I, I, I still feel like I feel like he's a really good number two. Like I don't feel like you know you have these you you feel like the guys slot into these different positions. If you're talking about how to build you know build a team, he's not a three. He's definitely a, he's he's a good number two guy, but I don't think he's a one either. I mean, it's I, I don't think you're gonna it's not gonna be a Westbrook situation where you pluck off one of the greatest scorers of all time off for a team and then he goes nuclear. I don't I don't think that's what's gonna happen. I don't think. There's no evidence to suggest that Damien is holding him back in any way. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think they coexist. I think they well, coexist really. They and you know that I don't know who you heard that from. Is that somebody from the Blazers blogosphere or outside of it? Um, I think it's more of a, a Blazers a, a, a Blazers fan who follows me. He was a pretty knowledgeable guy, and it, it was kind of surprising to me that he was mentioning this. Yeah, I've yeah. I've never really I've, I haven't really heard that within the Portland sphere at all that much. I think it's that seems to be more of a uh, an outside of Portland thing. Lone gunman. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it like a lone gunman yeah. kind of thing that says somebody just? Yeah, I, I, I yeah. haven't heard that much. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't uh, necessarily. I mean, CJ would be a great franchise centerpiece for somebody to pry away. I mean, Sacramento would be absolutely, you know, blessed to turn Boogie. Situation has gone absolutely sour into CJ. That would be a complete win for a team that, frankly, doesn't. You know, the way that sort of they've operated like that, they haven't really deserved to to luck their way out of it and you know land CJ McCollum. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like them together. I like them to. I mean, the the team with you know uh, Wes and Robin Lopez and uh, you know Nick Batum, another smart defensive player. That kind of team can be a real like contending team in the West, a real Western Conference Finals type of team. If you can find the guys to put around them, I'd rather the Blazers go that way rather than sort of the way they've gone now, or try to sacrifice CJ and put on another you know big offensive player that they can push forward with. I, I think they, they need to bolster their defense. They can find guys that are, you know, they, they play well enough here and there to fill the holes. And I, I like the direction Neil's going. And again, like he's, he's just not a panicker. He's just not going to do that. Right. Right. I just had a, a, a lightning a bolt of uh, inspiration. Put together a package of CJ to get Paul George. Oh my gosh. Okay. See, now you have me salivating a little bit. Because <laughs> it's like, all right. So I'm trying to think of like what Paul George's salary is and what CJ's is. I mean, now they're unfortunately they're they're getting closer to each other in the next season. But uh, I think Paul, yeah, yeah, Paul George is like maybe 17 or 18 for the next two years. He's only he's locked in until like mm-hmm. 2018. So, onto that. So and max. all that, although I did do you see that today? I'm talking about the new max. Somebody was saying that Paul George can end up at like 40, 40 plus million by the end of his next new max. Woo! 
man, Paul Allen will show those bucks though. So, uh, uh, I, I, I'd, I'd be cool with that. I mean, that, that's, that's like a really good idea for a player that I feel like high character dude already knows how to win, already been to Eastern conference finals, uh, already been an MVP candidate. Yeah. Lock that guy in totally. I mean, I, I think it'd be hard for CJ, for Olshay not to pull a trigger on, on some kind of package where it's like, okay, so you're looking at, uh, the thing I wouldn't understand is how to get the money to work. Cause it would be the Blazers first, the, the Cavaliers first that the Blazers have CJ and then mm-hmm. Mo. I mean, low, I guess, but it's, but the money still wouldn't work. I don't think because Blazers are over the cap, and well, I, I guess I would have to look to see if the Pacers are over the cap. But in any case, yeah, I'd I'd totally do something like that. And I think from that sort of basis, you'd have, uh, or maybe it's maybe it's a Minu that you're swapping in. But if you're you're keeping either a Minu and Harkless, which you both have signed to, you know, deals. Let's let's say we're making this trade today, right? Um, yeah, you could totally end right. up with a team like that, and then and then next year build off of and you just end up with the same problem, of course, which is what to do with I think the Blazers have an interesting quandary about what to do with Mason Plumlee, given that he is not a, a, a useful defensive center in any you know means. And I think that his, his any contribution means. on the offensive side of the floor, while you know, supremely interesting is not necessarily it's hindering them too much on the defensive side of the ball at this point in time. And, and it's just like how not the minutes it. are distributed, you know, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. So any other uh, news notes or comments about the Blazers that you want to make? Um, no, just I think they're pretty awesome. I just I feel bad because uh, like I said, Dame's one of my favorite. CJ is surprising, and they're they're so close to being uh, a a top notch kind of team, or at least a very quality team. And you can see it in burst, and then things like yeah. tonight happen, you know, and, or they just have some rough losses, and you're just like, how, I, I sometimes I see them, I was like, oh, they're about to beat the, beat the heck out of this team. And I turn back and they're, you know, they lost by 12. And I, I don't Those get pace, how, that, that Pacers game was like that. They got absolutely blown, they got the doors blown off of them in the second half after CJ had, you know, a really good first half, third quarter. But yeah, he erupted, it was crazy. Yeah. And then Paul George took over late. And well, it doesn't get any easier it. for the Blazers. I'll be back with you guys on Saturday for the, after the Golden State game, probably Sunday morning. They play uh, at Sacramento. Versus Dallas, San Antonio, Toronto, Sacramento, and San Antonio to finish out the year. James, how are you feeling about the end of the uh, the December um, schedule for the Blazers? Uh, um, it's it's. I mean, this. I guess it's a good chance for them to to kind of right the right the ship. Um, so who, who do we got again? Because Sacramento should be a should be a win, but I mean, Boogie's going to go nuts. Yeah. I think you got um, you got a couple wins in there. You got uh, maybe at Sacramento. You got versus Dallas at home. You got Sacramento again at home. Dallas should be I a mean, win. You're looking at, at potential. What uh, you play? Uh, Golden State is probably a tough one. San Antonio is a tough one. Toronto is a tough one. San Antonio. So three and four, which is you know keeping on pace for uh, kind of like what we're looking at over the last ten games or so. But um, that keeps your head above water. The, the better they can get, there's a you know a couple of strength of schedule stuff out there that says the Blazers things are getting a lot easier after the all-star break, which is still a long ways off. That's, that's that's six weeks of basketball away. But if you can keep your head above water, the Blazers are in a better position from where they've been last season compared to this season. And if they can gel or if Evan Turner can find a consistent stretch of two or three weeks of basketball to put together or if Alan Crabb can um, sort of get out of this funk that he's playing in, yeah, the Blazers uh, do have a chance. I, I don't think we need to be extremely pessimistic about them yet. I think we're just coming at it from the perspective of we know that from the town on the, on the floor, they should be better than they are. So 
Uh, James, I appreciate you coming on. Tell the folks again where they can find you, Twitter and uh, writing and all that good stuff. Uh, yep, I'm the or- I'm the artist formerly known as Naughty Drippin'. Now you can find me on Twitter at uh, J Holis Hoops. That's H O L A S Hoops, and uh, I write for B Ball Breakdown. You can see my stuff over at Press Basketball. And I'm gonna actually holler at you, Dane, and you can maybe help me come up with something good for uh, Blazers Edge. Yeah, man, let's do it. Well, uh, we will always have Temecula, and I will see you guys back Saturday or Sunday morning after the Blazers play the Golden State Warriors.